Hello and welcome to Authentically Alongside. I'm your host, Sarah Nishimoto. And I'm Emily Kallenberg, coming alongside Sarah. This podcast exists as a way to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We want to come alongside you authentically, sharing our lives and hope in Jesus. Welcome back to Authentically Alongside. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. So last season on the podcast, we did an episode on lies that we believe. And one of the lies that both of us struggle with is believing that we are not enough. This week, I have felt some of those kind of familiar pangs of life feeling a little out of control, a little too much on my plate, or at least the things that are on my plate just feel too challenging. So sometimes my abilities or capacity just doesn't feel like enough. No matter what I do or how hard I try, I don't feel like what I have to offer is enough. I feel like that often too. And sometimes when we believe that it's a lie that we've told ourselves, other times it becomes a lie that we believe because of what others have told us and different experiences we've had. If we felt called to do something and we're told we should wait for somebody else to do it, Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, somebody else has better skills to do it, we can shrink back and stay quiet, waiting for others who appear to be more qualified to take the lead. And so sometimes that just gets ingrained in us from the outside. Yeah. And I think something really tricky about this lie is that there's often just enough truth in it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think we were ever meant to be fully enough. We were always meant to be whole in the presence of God. So there's a line in season two of The Chosen where Mary Magdalene says, I don't think he's waiting for us to be holy. I think he's here because we can't be holy without him. And I I love this quote in this part of the episode. And there was there's just so much freedom in that thought, the thought that I wasn't meant to walk in my own strength, in my own power, but I have the power of God in me. And there's this phrase that I often speak over myself when I'm feeling anxious or caught in a trap of comparison or overwhelm. And I have to remind myself that Jesus is enough so that I don't have to be. It's just like almost becomes like a mantra, you know, not a weird Eastern thing, but just like (laughs) I just have to live my life that way and remind myself over and over again that Jesus is enough, so I don't have to be. And the Bible is filled with passages that show humans that are not enough on their own, but with God, they still accomplished great things. Not by trying harder, not by, but instead by stepping back and leaning into God's power. So we're going to take a look at a few of those today and just um, hopefully remind ourselves and our listeners um, that God is enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in the Old Testament, God sends Moses to speak to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. Now, I can't quite imagine what Moses was thinking when God came to him, because here he is living as a shepherd and um, he's got a past and all these things. But I can just relate to Moses' response when he says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. 
Moses immediately begins to kind of what if God, like coming up with scenarios of what Pharaoh might say and if they do not believe or listen. And But God continues to prove to Moses that he will be with him and he will take care of the details. But yet Moses still says, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. God tells him that he will help him speak and teach him what to say. Yet Moses still says, please send someone else. <laughs> I love how each time Moses questions the Lord, there is a response from the Lord with assurance that he will be with him. Um, he says, I am sending you. I will certainly be with you. I am who I am. They will listen to what you say. This will take place so that they believe the Lord appeared to you. And I will help you speak and teach you what to say. And I think about, you know, how God could have said, never mind, I'll just find somebody else. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> but Moses was chosen and he could not escape that calling. And as much as he tried to disqualify himself, he was the one that God wanted to use to lead his people out of slavery. Yes. I also love that when Moses still didn't feel qualified to speak and ask God to send someone else, God also provided Aaron to go with him mm -hmm. and to help him speak. I feel like this is such a good reminder of God's goodness for one, like, but it's also Aaron was like a physical representation that Moses wasn't alone. Yeah. Um, and I feel like so often I just relate to Moses here. Like, I feel like I've said these exact words. Like <laughs> I just, I don't speak well. I fumble over my words. Like, um, but many times God has called me to something that was just outside of my comfort zone, this podcast included. <laughs> um, but countless times I've stumbled over my words and thought, God, you got this wrong. Like, regardless of, you know, for many, in many different situations, you know, I think there has to be someone more qualified than me. And it, what's kind of funny is that like, I do feel like I'm good at a lot of things. Um, growing up, lots of things came easy to me. Uh, and public speaking certainly was not <laughs> one of them. I was even afraid to check out books from the library because I would have to speak to the librarian. I made my dad, I'd like hand him my <laughs> pile of books and be like, can you check these out for me? <laughs> um, but the things that God keeps calling me to often feel like they're not within my skill set. Um, and so like I've, that it kind of perpetuates that feeling like that I'm not enough for these things. So God, why in the world would you choose me for this? Like, I'm good at science, put me in that field, but no, that's not where I am. <laughs> yeah. I think we undersell ourselves a lot. And when we think that we mess up or we, we stumbled over our words, God uses those things still so much. Yeah. And so many times, like those times that I felt like, oh, I just really flubbed that up. Like those are the ones that someone will come up and be like, hey, you know, God really spoke to me through something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, so <laughs> when I mess up, that's when God's going to work. <laughs> um, but when I begin to believe those lies that I am not enough, I let anxiety take over. And I tend to catastrophize and imagine worst case scenarios. <laughs> I see my failure before I've even undertaken the task. I'm like, well, that's going to fail, you know? <laughs> um, but I'm 
relying on myself then, my own abilities, and forgetting that God never asks me to do these things based on my qualifications and capabilities. Because one, you know, kind of like you said earlier, like Moses kept, you know, kept still chose, not Moses, God still chose Moses, um, despite all of his, like, I'm not good enough, you know, um, God could have just been like, that's fine. I'll just do it myself. Like, <laughs> like, cause that's what I do. Like, you know, when people are like, oh, well, I can't really do that. Or, you know, as soon as I feel somebody like kind of being like, eh, I don't really want to do it. I'll just be like, it's okay. I'll do it myself. <laughs> like, that's my response, but that's not the way that God mm-hmm. works. Um, which is always encouraging. Um, uh, so in a book that I've read, um, called when striving cease, Ruth Cho Simons talks about the constant striving we do to provide ourselves, to prove ourselves, to be independent, to be approved of. Um, and in the book, she says, it's not about you. I being God get to use you to make much of me if I want to. Even if you don't feel the approval or favor you think you need, you don't need to be good enough. You need to be good with me being enough. It's so similar to what Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians. And it's just a verse that I often um, come back to where he says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to delight in my weaknesses and my hardships. I would much rather life be easy and delight in the successes. <laughs> um, it's, it's a common phrase coming from these lips here to say things like, this is too hard. I just can't do this. And I have to remind myself that I wasn't meant to be able to do it alone. And the world tells us that we are enough or that we should be enough. But most of the time, I don't really feel like enough. And, but that is when I am leaning on my own weaknesses or even my own strengths, which, you know, are not that strong when you compare to what God has. Um, Ruth Chow Simmons also says, we'd rather limp along in our striving than surrender to weakness. We don't want to admit that we can't do things on our own, even things that are for God. Um, she describes it as a gospel of self-improvement rather than just the grace that God offers us. Doesn't that kind of remind you of toddlers? Like <laughs> they want to put their shoes on themselves and yes. they want to buckle their car seat themselves and they want to prove that they're independent and strong mm-hmm. and um, really would be much easier if they just let their parents help them out a little bit, right? <laughs> Get there a little faster. Um, and so I just kind of thought of that as you were talking, like, what if we just admit to God, we don't have the strength right now to do this mm-hmm. all by ourselves. We don't have to be independent if we rely on God to help us where we're weak. Yeah. 
things will be a lot easier. So good. Maybe that's why God gives us toddlers. Maybe. Just to give us a visual picture of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we look at how ridiculous This is that what looks. I'm dealing with here. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus was perfect and he fulfilled the law perfectly. So our me measly attempts at like trying to make ourselves better so that like, you know, I think we we keep trying to make ourselves better. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like if I do this differently, then I'll be a better version of myself. And so often, you know, like I am thinking about like, what's going to make me better or, you know, what's going to make me a better parent or a better leader or, um, you know, a better Christian, like, like, you know, like there's some, these are all things that I have to do to be better. Um, but God fulfilled the law perfectly mm -hmm. Jesus did so that I could be free from that power of sin in my life from the need to measure up and Jesus was enough so that I don't have to be mm -hmm. and I have to remind myself of this daily like I said earlier so when I fall into that temptation to make a name for myself which sometimes I think we like to we still like yeah you know we like to our hard work to be um seen mm -hmm. and appreciated and but we can fall into that being like, this is for Emily or, um, or to please mm -hmm. others, um, and falling into that kind of like wanting to make sure either other people like me or that they're not upset. And, but when I fall into those, I can remember that God walks with me and that Jesus is enough for every challenge. I just need to draw close to him. Mm-hmm. I love that truth. And I know I've mentioned this, like every episode we've recorded in the new year that I'm studying through Hebrews really slowly. <laughs> and I just, but I just love it because it is such a beautiful picture of, you know, these, the Hebrews who were reverting back to practicing the law and taking mm -hmm. things into their control because they would face persecution and they forgot the truth that Jesus was enough for them, that Jesus fulfilled um, the law perfectly and he was the ultimate sacrifice. So they didn't need to measure up somehow. They didn't need to keep offering sacrifices um, that they just needed to rest in the truth that Jesus was enough. And when I stop reminding myself, I forget. And I start going back to like, okay, um, all right, we had a rough day yesterday. What are we going to do to make, you know, what can I do to make things better? And it's like, okay, stop, Emily. This isn't about you. <laughs> this isn't about, you know, whether you're a good parent or um, it's it's about pausing and letting God take, take the reins mm -hmm. or letting, you know, not always letting it doesn't have to be about me, <laughs> which yeah. I don't know. I'm very tempted to think it's about me. Yeah, it is hard. Um, so another person we see in the Old Testament who had to rely on God because he didn't think he was enough is Gideon. So the story of Gideon in Judges is one of my favorites. A little background. Once again, our friends, the Israelites had found themselves in a less than desirable situation being oppressed by the Midianites because they had done what was evil in the sight of the Lord. But the Lord heard his people's cries for help again and had a plan to rescue them again. And this is where Gideon comes in. 
he was feeling the oppression from the Midianites, and he was threshing wheat in hiding when the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Can you imagine you're hiding somewhere and you're fearful <laughs> um, of the oppression that your community is facing? And, and then an angel appears to you and says, calls you a mighty warrior. I love that. <laughs> I think that speaks so much of what the Lord sees in us opposed to what we see in ourselves or even what others see in us too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's read some more of Gideon's story in Judges 6, 13 through 18. Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied. I just love that. Pardon me. <laughs> I think Moses <laughs> yeah. very similar. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. The Lord says to Gideon, go in the strength that you have. I am sending you. He's not asking Gideon to implement this intense training program, and then one day he'll be ready to go. He's a mighty warrior now, and God is sending him now. All he has to do is go in the strength that he has. Mm-hmm. Now, after this, Gideon asked multiple times for confirmation from the Lord, first through a sacrifice, then through setting out a fleece, asking for the just the fleece to be wet and the ground to be dry, and then for just the fleece to be dry and the ground to be wet all around it. So after this confirmation, the Lord whittled down Gideon's army because he didn't want Israel to boast, saying that their own strength saved them. Mm-hmm. So what began as an army of 30,000 ended with an army of 300. So the Lord told Gideon that with these 300 men, he would save Israel. In chapter 7, he says to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp, because I am going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant and listen to what they're saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. I love that before Gideon could ask for one more sign, the Lord provided this opportunity for him to listen to a dream that was prophesying his victory. Mm. When he heard that dream and its interpretation, he worshiped the Lord and then called his army to battle with confidence. I love that when God calls <laughs> calls Gideon, mm-hmm. he emphasizes all the reasons that he was not the right choice. Yeah. He was the weakest of his family, who was the weakest clan in the in, in Manasseh. And like, God, this can't be right, right? Like, I'm literally hiding right now. <laughs> um, yes, but God doesn't need our strength right. or our charisma or our speaking skills or organizational skills like we think he does. Um, you know, we think he needs all these things to be, we, we think that he needs all these things for the tasks that he has for us. But the end goal here was that God would be glorified. And when we do things in our own strength, we are tempted to take the glory for ourselves. Yeah. So God calls us to depend on him. And I love this picture too. They had 3000 men ready to go. They're thinking this is, you know, 
this maybe is some strength. Like, this is what we have. We've got 3,000. The God's like, yeah, no, you only need 300. But like, can you imagine what the people were thinking when they're going to send the 300 men? Like, why did we send all these men home? Like, mm-hmm. um, but that's not, God doesn't need the the things that we necessarily have because yeah. he worked out all the details mm-hmm. um and he just needed a few to show up mm-hmm. and just i just needed their willingness i needed a yes mm-hmm. right um so i listened to a podcast last month on the mesmerized the mesmerized podcast and they talked about how we should be living our lives so that we would fail if God didn't show up. So surely um, the Israelites, they were going to fail if they showed up with their 300 people and God didn't show up. And that's a super scary way to live. Like none of us want to fail, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but that is the faith in God's enoughness that we can have. Like we can show up to a, a war with 300 people and God will still win. Um, And when we look at the life of Jesus, then he shows just kind of a literal representation time and time again of this. We see things all throughout the New Testament where the people were not enough, but Jesus was enough. He Mm -hmm. provided needs. He healed. He he turned water into wine for a wedding. Like, you know, like even things that maybe um, seem little, Mm -hmm. like God was enough and he cared. Um, So we're going to look at just one story from the New Testament. Um, It's well known, but it perfectly portrays an instant where the disciples were being asked to step out in faith, knowing that they would fail if God didn't show up. Uh, Sarah, would you read the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000? I would love to. So this is from Matthew 14, 15 through 20. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down in the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And I love that detail in the story. There were 12 basketfuls, one for each disciple. Mm -hmm. Often we think that what we have is not enough. We only have five loaves of bread and two fish. But Jesus asks us to bring him what we do have. And he can do with it what we can't do on our own. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Sarah, but I have had moments where I've had to come to God with my five Mm -hmm. loaves and my two fish. um, And moments where I was so overwhelmed that I knew that I couldn't show up the way I needed to. I couldn't provide what was needed. And it is very humbling, Mm -hmm. um, setting aside all your pride. Um, I've had to say, God, this is going to fail tonight. If you don't show up, um, I've done all I can. Now it's your turn. Like that's a scary place to be being Mm -hmm. like, okay, if, God doesn't do something like this is 
all going to fall apart. Um, but here are my loaves and my fish and you do the rest. And the beautiful thing is that, that he showed up mm -hmm. on those nights where, you know, I was struggling. I knew that I couldn't do more and he provided more than I needed. And I, I had to let him take the credit. Like I want to allow God to show up that way more in my life, but it is hard because mm -hmm. it, it, it means laying aside ourselves. Um, and I like to have a pretty good <laughs> grip on control in my life. <laughs> I like to know that everything's going to work out because I've planned well and I've done all the things right. Right. Um, I, th I think if we're honest, most of us feel that way. And I love how you said too, like, when you finally surrendered and said, this is, this is what I have. You, mm -hmm. Now you need to do what only can do. He does it and he does more. Yeah. Um, and that is so true. So often, like when we actually admit that we are not enough and we cannot do things without God, he does more than what we expected or what we thought we could and do. And hopefully, you know, I want to get to the point where it's not like I've done everything that I can. Now it's your turn. <laughs> right. Ideally, it would be like, okay, God, here's what I can do. Mm -hmm. And here's what you need to do before I've been like, I did it all. <laughs> it's just falling apart, which is usually what happens in my life. <laughs> I have so much faith. <laughs> oh, so we just kind of want to uh, wrap up with this quote I saw this week and a little bit of a challenge for you. Um, this quote says, you don't have to build confidence before taking action. You build confidence by taking action. Standing still breeds rumination and seeds of self-doubt. Motion fuels progress and elevates efficacy. So just to think in your life, where are you standing still um, that you need to move where you're coming up with all the reasons why you can't do something, mm -hmm. all the reasons why you're not qualified to do something. And where do you need to take a step? What step is God nudging you to take? Mm -hmm. And as you step and go forward and what he's calling you to do, you will gain the confidence to do what you need to do and let him do what only he can do. Hey listeners, thanks for joining us on another episode of Authentically Alongside. We hope it's been an encouragement to you as we walk toward Jesus together. If you found this podcast helpful, would you do us a favor? Would you share this episode with a friend or write a review of the podcast wherever you listen? This will help others find this podcast so we can walk authentically alongside them too. And make sure you subscribe to Authentically Alongside on your favorite place to listen to podcasts and follow us on social media. And we hope you join us on the next episode.